Hey, this is Bob Nelbandian from the Shockwaves Hard Radio Podcast, the Shockwave Skull Sessions Podcast, and the Shockwaves Videocast. And you are tuned in to Focus on Metal. Hey, Metalhead, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to yet another week of Focus on Metal. And as uh, you can probably guess from the voice at the front end of the show, yep, our guest once again this week is Bob Nalbandian. Long-time listeners probably remember Bob as the host of the Shockwaves podcast, but also Bob has been doing uh, quite a bit of filmmaking over the last couple of years, and we've had both Carl Alvarez and Bob Nelbandian on the show talking about the Inside L.A. Metal series. And if you haven't picked yourself up all three volumes of that, I would urge you to do that. Great stuff by Bob, but uh, this time Bob is on the show talking about his newest film. It's coming out this week, and it is called Band versus Brand. So this is definitely another one of those films that really hits home, which has always been a long-time topic here on Focus on Metal about bands and members and what constitutes a band and you know do you go out and see this band because only the uh, bass player is in it and stuff like that so bob i think really hit a home run with the topic of this film really well done as well great guest he's got not only performers but also you know music industry insiders as well as promotional people and all that good stuff so Another uh, another great job by Bob Nelbandian in packing our brains full of hard rock and metal knowledge. So again, this thing drops this week. So uh, if you are uh, one of those physical copy guys, then I would definitely urge you to head over to uh, to Amazon or anywhere else you normally get your DVDs and pick yourself up a copy of band versus brand but anyways got a pretty in-depth interview with bob this week came together at pretty much literally the last minute you know bob uh, bob cleared a little spot in his schedule i was able to fly into the studio and pretty much all i could have time to do was crack a beer fire up skype and uh, go in talking to bob so with that uh, no music this week it's just going to be me and bob talking all about band versus brand hope you enjoy it and let's get this chat rolling right now hello scott hey bob you're moving making bastard how you doing good how you doing i'm glad we were able to work this out today yeah this was it was yeah another just like a crazy 13 hour day and it's like all right i got enough time to get home pop a beer and uh, and get on the phone with you so oh perfect trying to do uh do as much promo as possible before the uh release date yep great movie i really enjoyed it it's, it's one of those things that i know that i've talked to two of the hosts we've had on the show in the past too obviously you know jay has always had this kind of philosophy of when a singer leaves a band i'm done and then you know richie's always talked about the whole idea of almost like the classic thing of like britney fox's goes out with only the bass player and and is that really the, a band or a brand so you know this really speaks to a lot of stuff we've talked about on the show yeah well dude i, I mean I, I i know i've told you this before uh, i i love your podcast i love uh the discussions between you and richie and what uh uh, the chemistry you got going, and especially when you do, you know, I, I'm an old school guy, grew up with Kerrang, so when you do those old yeah. uh, Kerrang specials, and ex- I love the uh, producers, when you interview the producers and, and go in depth with the production, I mean, I just find that fascinating, and that's uh, that's a really cool thing, and uh, you know, you and I, I think we're around the same age, we kind of see eye to eye on yep. And we're both into the same type of music, so you know you get it. You get you get kind of what I'm going for, and uh, you know it's great to see people like you and 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 so many other great podcasters. You know, are in from our generation, uh, keeping this scene alive and just uh, kind of setting the record straight on how it is. I mean, no offense to uh, a lot of the younger crowd. I, I appreciate a lot of the younger people uh, doing doing their blog pages and websites and podcasts and and what have you. But um, you know, when it comes to to uh, really knowing how it was back then and today, and just kind of getting the the accuracy, like, oh yeah, this guy gets it. He, he's he's been there. He's he knows he lived that era, you right. know, there's, there's, uh, you know, kind of that difference. And I think, uh, you know, uh, with, with this movie in particular, Band vs. Brand, I think that really uh, uh, caters true. And that's why I, I kind of focused it more on the classic hard rock 
and heavy metal. You know, a lot of the classic bands from the 70s, but a lot of the 80s bands are going through this too, where, as you say, one member from like a Britney Fox or, you know, you, you, you saw it with uh, Bobby Potter did with Rat or Benali's doing now with Quiet Riot. You know, one member, the drummer, or someone that wasn't even the original guy is carrying on with the name because, uh, you know, we was able to get the rights to the brand. Right. Yeah. And I love the way you did some of the cuts in the movie, too. When when, you know, someone mentions, you know, the, the band only goes out with one original member and you got the quick shot of Frankie Benali and then you keep going. And, and I just kind of love how you slip some of those things in. Yeah. Even the beginning where you had a few band pictures, but then you really started showing some of the bands that really get associated with that whole band versus brand. So you you kind of had this nice subliminal thing with some of the visuals, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. We always try to do that. And, you know, I had a great, uh, a new editing team uh, on this one, uh, the, uh, Danny Shipman uh, from Reality Check TV. And the great thing about having Danny involved is he had, you know, he does Reality Check TV is, is a Bay Area. You know, I'm living up in San Jose now. And mm. it's been uh, on the Bay Area as a cable access channel and now a big YouTube internet site for, um, God, for over 20 years now. So, He's got, they've got some great archive footage. So when I came up with, um, you know, the interviews, you know, I did, we, we basically did it about two, the, the NAM show, the NAM just happened last week. Yeah. And two years ago, uh, I think was the first interviews that I started from, which were at NAM. And uh, we did some stuff in Vegas and we did a, a few interviews here in the Bay Area. And there was a little bit of holes missing. And I was, you know, thinking about, all right, I, you know, I got to go out and do a few more interviews to make this complete. And Danny's like, dude, we've got some great archival footage of bands that talk about branding. And yeah. uh, uh, so we were able to incorporate some of the uh, reality check uh, uh, TV footage, like the, the interview with Venom, the both sides of Venom, you know, the Misfits, uh, 45 Grave, Ross the Boss, you know, uh, Fee Weeble from the Tubes. Uh, and, 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 you know, that really kind of filled in the holes and filled in the, the missing gaps. And, yeah. uh, uh, and so, that, you know, they were crucial in, in uh, the production of this, you know, Danny, Ace and Hugh. Hugh also did the master editing on this. So I want to give props out to those guys as well. Yeah, it was pretty good because I'm, I'm watching. I was like, wow, we're, we're you know. Who's this guy doing all this stuff? And you see a little some of the things about reality check TV. Wow, this is pretty cool. And just even on the splash screen, some of the stuff was kind of like, wow, I want to I want to check out some of those other interviews. So I thought it was yeah. pretty. Yeah, it was cool that you guys you kind of pulled that in. You got a little bit of a, a different personality, someone questioning, and uh, I think it added to it. The other thing that that I liked is you know I'm I'm, I'm listening to it and I'm like, who's that voice? And and then it was like, oh wait a minute. It's Tobey. It was like, it was, it was great to like to hear that voice because hearing, you know, you and him just like doing discussions on all those shows I would listen to and stuff. So it was great to, to have, uh, to have Toby back doing stuff. That was nice. That's awesome. I gotta, I gotta let him know that. Yeah. He did a great job. I always uh, thought, you know, he's got that deep, you know, deep voice. Right. And uh, you know, he's got a bit of that Swedish accent going on, which, which, uh, sounds cool. And, uh, you know, Heroes Express, hey, if you ever need me to do narration, you know, and I thought, oh, this is the perfect opportunity. I was in L.A. and, you know, my buddy Robert Gaston, who had done some editing for me with the Inside Metal stuff, a uh, great dude. He's uh, He's got a little uh, uh, studio in his in his house. And uh, so we went there and we, boom, we banged it out and uh, it worked out well. Yeah, it did. And, you know, what else was really neat and I never realized it until I'm listening to this movie is that Tobey's voice is basically Dave Ellison with an accent it's the same tonality just with an accent that's hilarious i never, <laughs> I never noticed that that's funny you was, that. yeah so at first i was like what is ellison like just kind of affecting something on here it's like no i know this voice but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I just i thought even you know you and you kept some of the stuff going back to kind of hooking back to some of the the inside metal stuff too with the use of the flames and some of the fonts and and so there's kind of a nice continuity as well that it's a uh, uh, a continuation of, of of product, which is I think pretty nice, and I and I like the way that you chapterized it too. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it uh, separates. It makes it easier with the uh, the chapters. I know a lot of documentaries don't do the chapter thing, but you know we figured for something like this, you know, when there's so many avenues of 
uh, branding when it comes to, you know, publishing and touring. And now, of course, the hologram, which is a whole new thing. And, you know, the emergence of technology and social media and all these things really have an effect on, on branding. So, you know, I, I know a lot of people don't use DVDs nowadays. Most of it is streaming. But, you know, when you go through DVDs, you go through the chapters. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, we figured, you know, let's, let's, uh, you know, cut it up in, in, in chapters. And, and it made it a lot easier to sequence. I mean, I, I learned a lot from doing the inside metal titles, you know, that, those were the first times I, I, I got into, uh, you know, movie directing and such. And I, I realized how much work it is, you know, going through hours and hours of material. And as you know, the inside metals, we ended up making them two, yeah. two DVDs, two volumes, because we had so much. And so I, I didn't want to make that mistake this time is to have too many interviews, you know, so I think it was good. We were smart. And, you know, we weren't looking for the big names, you know, we got to get the big name guys, but we wanted to get a good contrast. And, you know, we had uh, a different perspective from label people like Mike Varney, from mm -hmm. managers like Adam Parsons, you know, from people like Neely from the Classic Metal Show and different, uh, different uh, people. Now, of course, you know, we had the artists, the Jack Russells, the Mark Ferraris and, and people like that. We had people on the publicity side of uh, people. So it, it gives a little bit of different perspective, not just from the artist point of view. Yeah. And I also like that in the beginning of it, you talk to the right inside people to get it rooted back to the fact that this isn't something that just came out of like the MTV era or anything and going back to the doo-wop groups and talking about how right. those groups were handled. And I like the fact that, that like I said, you, you rooted this back to something because even nowadays people talk about, you know, iTunes and a band only releasing a single and, you know, what is this kind of crap? But I mean, if you think back in, in the fifties and even the, you know, the early sixties before the, you know, the kind of the FM radio phase, that's what bands did. It was all, you went into the store and there was 45s. So Absolutely. it's great that you kind of brought that same focus here of like, this isn't something new. It's just got some bigger exposure now. Absolutely. We, I wanted to make it kind of an educational thing for, for young artists or even people our age that I wasn't familiar with from going way back then. And, and you know, of course we want to, uh, you know, start the documentary off from the beginnings of it. How did how did the branding happening? And David Ted's is is the god amongst gods when it comes to anything hard and heavy music. Yeah, that guy. I mean, he he's on a, a, a email thread that we I, I I'm involved with with Monty Connor and tons of people in in the music industry. And we would mention any band. And he'll say, oh, I've seen it, seen them in 1968 in Cabo, and this is what happened. He saw every single tour of Black Sabbath from their first shows in Birmingham. And he's, he's from England. Hmm. And then somehow he lived in Detroit in the late 60s and saw the whole scene with MC5. You know, uh, he, he was everywhere. <laughs> where, where any music scene was happening, he was there with MC5, Iggy Pop, Alice Cooper. He saw all their earliest shows. He was in L.A. So you mentioned any show or anything, that guy has been to it. It's I, the, the dude is the most amazing person. So I, I said, I got to get David Ted's involved. Yeah. In Definitely a good get because every time he was talking, I was pretty much riveted to what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's funny hearing about that because I remember as a kid, I remember the whole Deep Purple thing. Yeah. How long Sharina And, <laughs> you know, I was thinking of going and then I, I remember a full page ad in you know the Sunday calendar, the Sunday LA Times calendar is what what everyone read. That's where you got your resources of who was coming into town. You would see a full page ad in the calendar, and there was an ad on Deep Purple. And then the following week, there was another ad for Deep Purple, but it said this band does not include. Richie Blackmore, <laughs> Ian Gillett, Ian Pace, and it listed all the members that it doesn't include, you know, to, to make it legit, legal, I guess, for them to to do it or, or whatever. But, you know, as, as David pointed out, and I remember I had a lot of friends that went, they just said it was a complete disaster. And, uh, you know, and he, he saw the same thing with Fleetwood Mac in the 70s, where yeah. the manager somehow owned the name. He, he uh, uh, talked to... Uh, uh, McVie and McFleetwood into uh, signing away their, their their rights to the name, you know, and tricked them into doing that. And, uh, you know, that's that's uh, something that, you know, people don't realize that the business and, you know, the brand is, is especially in this day and age, man, when it comes to, uh, uh, you, you know, marketing and touring and merchandise, you know, 
uh, as, as Adam Parsons said in the documentary, you know, the casinos and all that stuff, all they care about is that name on the marquee. That's right. You know, yeah, that, was a good, that was a good way that he put that, too. They don't care if it's, uh, uh, you know, who's the guy now, go, the, the drummer, Steve O'Reilly, who's going out under L.A. Guns. You know, as long as it says L.A. Guns on the marquee, right. you know, it's going to probably draw people. Yeah. You know? and, and the thing, you know, this kind of like brought me back to like, especially, you know, when he was talking about the whole Deep Purple thing and thinking about like even within the last few years, Richie and I went up to see Queensryche and the promoter even had the Jeff Tate version of Queensryche on the advertising, but yep. it was actually that, you know, and we were happy. I mean, we knew what we were getting into anyways, because we were supposed to schedule to talk to Michael Wilton. So we knew exactly which band was there, but there were definitely a lot of confused people there that were like, you know, what's going yeah, the on? That's the stupid thing. They don't know anybody. You would think they would at least get the right pictures. And, you know, a lot of times they'll have that. I mean, I mean, people said when they, when Bobby Blotzer was going out with rat, the photo showed the classic rat lineup, yeah. you know, uh, with all the guys. So, you know, people are, uh, it confuses people. Yeah. And people are, well, wait a second. Uh, is this the original band that's playing? I see them on the picture. And so I can understand why it, it really frustrates a lot of uh, musicians and a lot of fans alike. But, you know, being uh, in a band and seeing some guy, you know, some uh, you know, person that was barely a part of the band wasn't even an original member taking over the name, and uh, you know, using the picture of 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 you know them, uh, the classic lineup, and and you know it it uh, you know the promoters don't know any better. As I said, they just they just want that name, and as long as it's it's legal in the sense that they own the rights to that name, what do they care? They're just worried about selling tickets, you right. know. And, and one one good chapter, and, and it brought back another thing recently too, was that you talked all about the tribute bands, and was was the guy was his name Keith from the Foreigner tribute band? Yes, yes, yeah. I call. And and just listening to him talking, I was thinking about like over the summer when my girlfriend and I we went and saw Foreigner, and people were going nuts, and I turned to her and I said, "You do realize that most of these people around here have no idea who the band is that they're watching." And and uh, it's like as she was kind of looking around, she's like, you know, I think I think you're right. No one realizes that there's really like one original guy up on the stage, and uh, and and then just hearing Keith talk about the whole idea of of uh, you know the whole visual aspect when when the original Foreigner albums came out that that you know you didn't see the band, you just heard the band and all of that, and and not having that MTV connection, and it's like, wow, I never really thought about it that way, but it was pretty astute about the way he was putting it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe Neely made that point, too, about how the 80s bands, it's harder for them to get away with it because uh, they were on uh, MTV. MTV came into the fold. But a band like Foreigner, who was just before the MTV generation, uh, you know, people might know Lou Graham because he had a lot of MTV hits right. uh, you know, as, as a solo artist as well and as Foreigner. But most people wouldn't recognize the guys in Foreigner. Yeah, you know? I mean, you figure, I mean, they had videos for stuff like off of Foreign, Foreign stuff, but, I mean, they would never know, like, you know, Ed Gagliardi or any of the other guys from the original band or any, anything sure. like that. So, yeah. Yeah, so it was kind of interesting when, uh, uh, you know, Kyle from uh, the band 4NR was talking and saying, you know, uh, you know, well, Foreigner really is a tribute band now, the real Foreigner. So <laughs> what they're doing really is no different because, you know, Mick Jones is only p playing select shows with the band. And, and no disrespect, I think they're great. Kelly Hansen is, is awesome. Jeff Pilsen, you know, they're an amazing band. But it's just like a, you know, 80s super group. It's yeah. not really Foreigner. But, you know, Mick Jones owns the name and he's able to, uh, you know, use it. And it just shows what's going to go on with the future. Is is bands just going to uh, basically franchise their name out to uh, you know black you know Ricky Medlock's doing it with Blackfoot you know Kiss has obviously uh, already been talking about that and and then of course now you got the hologram too so you could show images of the original vocalist if he had passed away you know so it's it's a it's a whole different thing and and I take the approach where I'm not you know playing sides here we're just and and the artists involved they're just given the reality of this is how it is now and in the future you know what is this going to be like because there aren't you know a lot of new bands that are going to take over on an arena level right so is the future of music going to be seeing bands as a hologram or seeing a band like kiss or acdc with all young members 
that have nothing to do with the original lineup. You know, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen five to 10 years from now. So it's a, you know, it's a controversial topic. And, you know, a lot of people was tough, you know, tough getting a lot of people involved in this because, you know, a lot of them take it as, oh, this is kind of, you know, negative or they're embarrassed to talk about, you know, if, if, uh, you know, they might be a part of, uh, uh, one of those bands that have gone through this, especially the bands that, you know, like I said, a lot of these eighties bands where there's two groups, you know, uh, you know, like you said, Queen Drake and yeah. of course LA guns now and, and great white, you know, we managed to get Jack Russell. He was very cordial and great and talking very honestly about, you know, uh, the situation. And, you know, we had Nick Turner from Hawkwind, you know, there's a Hawkwind version in, in, uh, uh, England going out with the original guitar player, and then Nick's got his version of Nick Turner's Hawkwind here in America. And so, uh, but you know, a lot of these other bands, you know, Rat and all the others, you know, we did this a couple years ago. They're in litigation, so it's not like they're going to want to. Oh, sure, I'll do the documentary. So it was, you know, kind of tricky on on who we could get, and uh, you know, and and, and we didn't want to make it something where you know bands were just talking shit about the other people, you know, so to speak. We just kind of want to take a more of a, a, you know, my idea was to get a more of an educational approach and let people know this is the importance of branding. And, and I, I, I think we kind of, you know, especially Brian Brinkerhoff and a lot of his, his uh, stuff, he mentioned, he says the importance of know your business, you know, bands don't really, you know, they don't look at the business in the future. If, if there is a longevity of the band, you know, you got to first and foremost get the business tied down, uh, you know, before you go out because ownership of the name could go on forever after the band is dead and gone. You know, right. the, the wife of, of, of uh, you know, a deceased singer could take over the band or the family members or whatever. So it's important to, you know, have that business angle taken care of you know yeah and, and i think that's an important thing too that 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 you the way you guys put this together it's 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 very educational very informative very respectful and in an age of kind of this internet clickbait kind of a thing this is not that at all because yeah you could have easily gone out and had people talk and bash each other but this is really like you said it's more of a a very factual thing and you're not looking to make anything sensationalized or anything like that which actually just makes it that much better yeah i appreciate you saying that uh uh uh, scott and i you know and and not not to sound arrogant but I, i i think i'm better than that i i don't look to and i know so many people and I get it in the business, you know, especially if you're doing a website or if you're doing a, a news site or whatever, you're going to want to get the salacious, scandalous stuff to to get the click clicks, to get the advertisers to make the money. You know, right. that's the game. That's the name of the game now. But, you know, I'm fortunate to, to be able to have the opportunity to do these documentaries and fortunate that Cleopatra Entertainment gave me 100 uh, percent. Um, uh, you know, freedom to to do the documentary the the way I wanted, and uh, you know, and then that's my take. You know, being an old school guy like you, I mean, I, I come to think, you know, I, I've got integrity uh, as 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 a fan and as someone, you know, uh, you know that that did fanzines and wrote that did the podcasts that you know uh, did all that stuff, uh, uh, and I continue that with with doing these documentaries, and I did that with the Inside Metal as well. You know, I just want to tell the, the story, tell the truth, let the artist speak. And I like to have the audience, let them decide for themselves. You know, I'm not pushing some agenda, right. you know, that like branding is evil, branding, you know, I just basically want to tell the story, let the artist tell the story, their experiences, what they go through, give their advice to young musicians and uh, let the audience decide. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the thing too is that like you've never budged on your integrity, which is which is great. You know, it's I'm I'm always proud to say, yeah, I know Bob Nelbandian because you've never you've never deviated on that, and I think that makes it. You know, that's part of what makes I think podcasting in general work too is that you you never want to give up on that integrity. You want to maintain that line. You want listeners to always count on you for whatever your you know they value your source to be and. Uh, you know, you've always been an awesome example of that. Well, thank you, Scott. I appreciate that. And you, you of course, are carrying on 
that with the podcast, uh, which uh, which uh, I think is great because you know, as, as you know, I, I haven't had time to. I, I would love to, you know, kind of start up a podcast again. Uh, I've been talking about it and thinking about it, but it's just I realize now it's, it, it, it takes a lot of time, as it you does. know. It yeah. takes a lot of effort and uh, it takes a lot of integrity. You, you got to really be into it. And I kind of realized, well, you know what? I, I, I'm not quite ready. I, I, I'm really devoted to these documentaries. If I'm going to do this full time, I got to focus on this. Yeah. And uh, uh, and I think that's what it's about. And, and uh, you know, you, you've done such a great job and I appreciate you know, you're telling me, I mean, sometimes it, 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 it could bite you back because a lot of times people think, oh, you know, Bob said this or Bob, you know, people look at that and it's, oh, hey, Bob was wrong. Hey, well, hey, you said something, really, you know, and they'll like make a point of, hey, is there was something that you said, you know, and it's like, hey, dude, I, I'm not perfect. I don't, you know, people put me on a pedestal and it's like, you know, I, I think it's kind of funny. I think it's cool sometimes that. You know, so many people will ask me for my advice or will use quotes from me. Oh, Bob said this and Bob, you know, which, which I think is great. But it's funny because you can make one little mistake or something. Somebody, oh, they'll call you on it, you know. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's funny. So, obviously, you, you guys, you debuted this stuff during NAM. How'd that go? It was great. It was it was actually like a pre-NAM uh, thing. Uh, uh, Pat Gaswaldo from the Hall of Heavy Metal History uh, I got to give props to Pat. I mean, he, he's like us, old school metal guy. And he's, I, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, award show. This is his third year. Hmm. And it, he's got, he's he's doing it right. I mean, it's, it's an award show for our generation. I mean, you've got the, you know, the golden gods doing their metal stuff, which is, you know, promoting mostly all the newer metal stuff, which is fine. It's, it's for the younger, you know, crowd or whatever. But this really captures the classic metal and gives props to the to the people who i feel and who we all feel really deserve it i mean yeah. he had you know john sykes uh, out there he had you know Vinny apice and and carmine apice come out and do do a uh, a session you know the guys in testament david ellison frankie benali i mean so many rock stars were out there for the uh, screening we screened the movie at the award show it was the wednesday the day before nam and uh, uh, people loved it. Uh, you know, we had a great response. A uh, lot of, lot, you know, the place was packed. And it was a, a great, I couldn't have done this on my own. So, again, I got to thank Pat, uh, who's, who's also in the movie. Yeah. He makes some yeah. fantastic points uh, in the movie. And, and, and he got it. He's like, Bob, it, it, I'd love to have, you know, the, the movie. This is right up what we're, we're doing. You know, it's, it's the same concept. Of course, Eddie Trunk hosted the event, too, which brought in a lot of people and it's i know it's something eddie's talked about on his podcast a lot branding it's something that's inevitable it's it's a, it's a huge topic in, in the music business so you know i was kind of shocked that no one had come up with that concept before uh to do but i'm i'm glad uh uh you know i'm glad we presented it in a way where people like you and everyone else really really respected it and thought it was is it was done as as well, it was, uh, you know, to be honest, I was a little bit nervous, you know, when we did, especially like when we did the screening, because as a fan and, and, and a metalhead, you know, I, 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 you know, doing the inside metal stuff was, you know, these were the bands I grew up on and doing this. And when, when I uh, spoke with Brian at uh, Cleopatra and we, we talked about doing uh, the branding movie, I thought, wow, what a great idea. This is something that's so hot in the music business today, but uh, it's different for me. It's 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 a you know more on on a business perspective mm. uh, rather than a fan perspective. So you know I, I had to kind of figure out what kind of angle I'm going to go at, and I was a l little bit um, skeptical on 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 how it would go over. And I'm I'm just really happy uh, that uh, people enjoyed it. Uh, you know, Jean Bouvier was at the uh, he performed at the uh, award show. He's in the movie. Yeah, uh, does, does that guy ever age? I swear yeah. to God, I'm, I'm watching every segment when he's, he's doing it. I'm like, the freaking guy's never aging. What the hell? I don't know how old that guy, but figure this. He was in the plasmatic exactly. in the 70s. And, he, and the dude looks fantastic. And the guy is full of energy. And I tell you, he came out and sang. And I didn't realize how many Kiss songs that he wrote mm. and co-wrote. But yeah. he came out and he did some Kiss covers like, oh, all night. And, uh, you know, he did some of his own material. And 
his his vocals were flawless, uh, just uh, amazing, amazing talent. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's. Like I said he's been around forever, and and the thing yeah. is too is he's one of these guys that's like super literate as well. So oh, absolutely. No, he was a great catch, and I I had uh, uh, met him uh, previously from a uh, director friend of mine, uh, Jonas Auckland, who's who's a huge uh, director. He just directed that uh, uh, show movie that's on uh, uh, Netflix now called uh, Polar. Ah. And uh, he's he's you know he's directed videos from everyone from you know Metallica to uh, Beyonce to the Rolling Stones to Paul McCartney to Lady Gaga you know everyone he, he just did the, the movie Lords of Chaos too huge metalhead uh, he had a Grammy party and and, and Jean uh, Bouvier was there and we we just really hit it off and then uh, I told him hey I'm doing this documentary he goes dude I'd love to be a part of it so. Um, yeah, a, a great guy, uh, Jean Bouvier, and uh, I thought he, 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 you know, again, we, we got a, a real good diversity of people in this in this documentary. Not necessarily huge names, but that wasn't what I was going for. But right. people that could really articulate well and that have gone through it, and that have you know, you know, that that have been in the business uh, since the seventies, that know the insides and outs, and I think. Uh, I, again, I'm really happy with the way people were very honest in this and really gave a uh, informative and educational, um, you know, uh, narrative to this to this uh, uh, movie. Yeah, and because again, you could have done it like you could have done it in so many wrong ways. You know, someone else who maybe would have a different attitude could have probably come in and really press that whole kiss agenda and all of that and i mean you mentioned it but it, you mentioned it as part of the history of what went on with branding and then you sure. just kind of let it be um and you know somebody yeah. else probably would have just gone off the rails on that and and just really focused on that or like you said got a bunch of big names and and pushed the, the whole big name thing and, and controversy but uh, yeah i think i think the tone that it sets is is uh definitely a, a, the right way to have done it Sure. Well, we, you know, we had to include a chapter on Kiss because they are, as as Mark Ferrari says, the the, the masters of branding, oh, and yeah. the ones that really uh, started. But we we took it on 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 a certain level, of course, with Jean Bouvier and you know who was involved with Kiss and other people. You know, even Mark Ferrari. You know, uh, Gene Simmons produced a lot of the Keel records, and right. uh, you know, so that was something that we you know we definitely had to touch on. Um, but I think, I think we did it and, and, and the artist did it in, in a very classy way. Uh, and again, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's letting the audience decide what, what, you know, we're just kind of laying out the facts and, and I love the way Mark Ferrari got really into, and he's really involved in publishing and which is right. another huge angle in, in, in the branding department is owning the publishing rights. And, uh, you know, he mentioned people like Billy Squire that are, are, are still incredibly wealthy because he never sold his publishing Whereas other bands from the 80s or late 70s, they thought their time was done and sold off all their publishing. And, uh, you know, now, you know, people like Billy Squire, his music is sampled by tons of hip hop artists and the movie, the songs are in TV shows and commercials. And and that's huge money, especially if you own the mastering fee. And that's why you see so many bands re-recording their music so they could pitch, you know, the, the mastering, uh, you know, the, their own Right. And that was great. I mean, getting Mark on there and 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 also the fact that you 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 let him talk through that whole thing about publishing and, and what that means and kind of his story and how he kind of evolved from Keel through Ferrari to opening up his own business and, and then passing that on the way you chunk that all up in, in nice kind of digestible chunks for someone who's more unfamiliar with the music industry was a great way of getting that message across. And just kind of letting people realize from a, a former artist's point of view how you could take branding and, and make it worth, worth your while and how to and, and also giving some of that that music business knowledge. You know, I think back to back in the, you know, in the early 80s, there was a guy around here called Peter Nichols that would do these seminars called um, it was like doing music and nothing else. And it was it was kind of like a, 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 like a blown up course of what Mark talked about in the film of how you really can save your ass later on by making the right choices now. And uh, yeah, I just like the way you, you, you kind of cut that up into little sections and I'm, you know, I'm sure that Mark just did like one big long talk about the whole thing, but it, I think it made it more digestible for anybody that never really is involved deeply in music or even for a young band coming up that listens to this and goes, wow, 
I never really thought about like the importance of all these other things that we're just taking for granted now. So it's almost like a primer of, of what you should or shouldn't do. Yeah, I agree. And Mark was, was great. I've, I've, I've known Mark, you know, since, uh, uh, the inside metal movies, he came to a lot of the screenings and, uh, I definitely wanted to get him involved. And I thought, wow, this is the perfect documentary. And, and again, I didn't want it to come off like, like a lecture, you know, this is a, a movie, mm. a documentary. So you got to keep it exciting. So, uh, you know, again, Danny did a great job as well with the editing and I, uh, Danny and Hugh, uh, you know, I, when I made the notes of the e- edits, you know, I would take certain segments from their, you know, their talk about publishing and just so it wouldn't sound boring, you know, to an audience watching, you know, we cut it up in little segments and, uh, you know, uh, put other things in between and it would pop, you know, so, uh, you know, we, we just wanted to keep the flow going and just really keep it, you know, a fast paced, uh, so to speak. And, and that's another challenge to do when it, especially when it comes to anything like this that's kind of educational you don't want it to come off like a lecture right uh, so you got to really kind of spice it up with uh and that's again why we cut it up in the chapters and added narration with the music and and and, and so forth so it's uh you know uh to keep the excitement level a little bit uh, a little bit high yeah and i think even with the chaptering if there's like one segment of of the discussion you're not really into there's you know there's eight other ones that you're definitely will be into type of thing as well which is great so it's not like oh crap like i'm not really into this thing and and um and even like the curveballs like the hologram to me that that was kind of a total curveball love that you put it in there but i didn't even really think about that in like the aspect of branding so it was interesting to to hear um you know even like gus g's comments about how he felt about about the hologram and and uh, so, yeah, that was I thought that was just kind of a really interesting, like additional thing you put in there. Yeah, well, that's you know, we really look to the future of what, you know, you know, what's going to happen five, 10 years down the road. I mean, now you got the deal hologram, mm. you know, what's going to happen next? I mean, again, people that own the estate of, say, a Michael Jackson, a David Bowie, a Prince, a, a Lemmy, a motor, you know, what, whatever. Uh, of a deceased artist, they could go out with this hologram, and it could be, you know, like like a Fred uh, uh, Fred Godlash, a pu- publicist mm. that uh, was in the movie. He said, you know, you could go see a, a David Bowie perform Ziggy Stardust, you know, as a hologram of David Bowie, and they could charge fifty bucks a ticket and sell on Madison Square Garden. So whoever owns that, the uh, you know, the estates or the the, the rights to the name. Uh, the David Bowie estates, you know, they could carry that on for the next 50 years. So um, it's just interesting to see what, you know, the future holds. And uh, of, of course, the hologram is is one of the latest technologies that, uh, you know, it, it, it is just showing this. And I think one of the, you know, uh, Al Tiemann, who, who is an old friend of mine, who actually built the hologram exhibit in Hollywood, which is the first hologram exhibit, you know, he's talking about this, the, the, the how the, they put it together, the, the size of the uh, uh, lights and effects that they use. And uh, uh, he's saying, you know, sooner or later, technology is going to be able to miniaturize it where you could, you know, have it like in your iPhone and you could have a hologram of Metallica playing in your bedroom, you yeah. know. I mean, you never know what's going to happen in, in the future. So it's... Uh, it's kind of scary in a way uh, for people, you know, like you and I that grew up with with everything, the real deal, you know, going out to record stores, buying stuff, having that whole excitement of everything now where everything is, uh, you know, instant gratification on demand, as, yeah. as Jerry has said, you know, in the movie. And that's that's what has come down to these days. And that's what technology is looking for. There's there's not a lot of integrity in in the business and in, in the music business anymore unfortunately yeah uh, so the computer companies have taken over where the record company the computer companies are the new record companies the technology companies and and you know people bitched about how all oh, the record label people they don't know the a and r guys they're they don't they're not real fans they're not well believe me there are a hell of a lot more knowledgeable about music than these computer people they have no clue and all they're looking to do is capitalize on their audience so right. you know in the future to come you know there there's the, the integrity as neely said shot out the window every time you know yeah. when it comes to the almighty dollar and unfortunately that's the way it is and it's a 
Uh, it's it's up to people like you and I, Scott, to keep the integrity in the music business going, right? Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. You know, it's in. What, you know, another thing that's interesting about this film, Bob, is that it's almost like I'm wondering how people are going to view it. You got so you got people like you and I who come from before there was really branding to bands, and it was just we like what we liked, kind of the pre MTV guys, and then you have MTV, which was definitely a heavy-duty branding of the band. And, and now you kind of have these kind of the, the younger kids on the back end that they don't have MTV, and they're kind of really a mixed bag of how they even discover music and all of that. So it's almost like a it's it's a weird situation for us. It, it probably feels very normal for the MTV generation. And then for, like, you know, the new new kids, it's almost like, whoa, yeah, that's that's how things are done. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, it's you know, I, I don't want to come off uh, like a hypocrite because I embrace the new technology. Of course, you you have to, you know, I right. mean, it's you know, uh, uh, you have to move on and, and be current with with everything going on. So I love the fact that, you know, you could get everything on YouTube. So, you know, you mentioned somewhere you want to send a song to somebody. Boom. You could just. Here, here, here's here's the link, you know, and, and we do that all the time. I share links all the time, so I definitely take advantage of it. I mean, it, it is great to have that avail. I mean, now I've I still got all my CDs and stuff, but for me, it's I it it, it is. We've gotten to the point of so lazy for me to go through my CD collection, grab a CD, take it out of the jewel box, put it in, or just going onto YouTube and uh, you know looking up. Uh, you know, Judas Priest, uh, Stained Class, or or whatever. It, it's faster, you know. And and I listen, watch it on my big screen, and what you know, uh, you know, while I'm doing my stuff. And it's it's uh, you know, it's sad to say. I, I try to make use of the CDs as much as I can, but sometimes it's easier with technology. So I'm not I'm not uh, against you know the new technology, but the problem is everything becomes so saturated now on YouTube and, and everything else. You know, if, if you're a young kid today, you don't know what's what to go to, you know, right. and unless, you know, you're told or listen to podcasts like yours or, or whatever. And there's so much bullshit being thrown at you. Uh, so much shit out there. As, as Mike Varney says, you know, you, you don't know what's, uh, you know, people say, oh, this sounds like so-and-so, and it doesn't sound anything like it. You know, you got, you know, everything's tricked into, the, you know, the clickbait, you know. Or right. You listen to some, oh, so-and-so talks about this, and you listen to it, it's like, it's just nothing like it. And, and that's a problem with, with the Internet. So, again, it's it's got, you know, there's a lot of positive and there's a lot of negative. So it's hard to kind of filter out the bullshit because the bullshit is what's being thrown at you all the time, you know. Right. Uh, here, check this out. Here, check this out. They're the ones with the the clicks. They're the ones that are paying to get the the the, the views and whatever. So they're the ones that are going to be on the front page that are going to push their, you know. And then you got social media. Everyone pushing their agenda there, and it's just like that's why it's it's so hard, you know, for people, you know, to, to just make a decision yourself, right. you know, and that's what I try to capture with this, you know, I, I again, that's why I don't go, you know, w with side. It's like, you know, people ask me, well, is it, is, is, are you saying that branding's bad? No, you know, I'm, I'm saying you watch the film and you make the decision, you right. know, and that's how it should be, you know, but so many people want, want that answer, you know, <laughs> want to be influenced yep. it's crazy yeah it, it's true and, and it was cool like this week i was re i was really happy my, my daughter texted me and she's like dad you know what this week for some for some reason i'm i'm listening to martin the hoople i'm really into martin the hoople <laughs> this week and she's like like 24 right and i'm that's like awesome. all right i brought her up right she's like ignoring all the other crap that's going on and she's like gone back to something. Then I was like, oh, yeah, you know, and I kind of I gave her some rundown and some past history. And she never she didn't even know about the David Bowie part of it and all of that. And, and uh, but it was yeah. like, all right. So at least if people get the right influence, they might have half a chance of getting through the through the bullshit and finding their own path. So it was kind of like, all right, that's good. And it kind of and, and it came right, right with the whole thing of, of watching the film. So, yeah, kind of yeah. a nice tie out. It's funny. That's not even with, with kids today because I'm thinking, you know, I was just talking to someone about it because you and I that grew up in America, Mata Hoople was never that huge here. And that's what I told her, too. I'm like, yeah. it was huge across the pond, but except for a couple of hits and primarily the ones written by Bowie, no one could have really, like, given a rat's ass about Mata Hoople here. 
Yeah, so you got you got you know uh, Mata Hoople, you got T Rex, you got Status Quo, you got Slade. You talk to most Americans, even people that are you know well well adverse on hard rock and metal, they 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 couldn't name. I mean, they'll say, "Oh yeah, come on, feel the noise," right? You know, because of Fire Riot, you know. But nobody knows a lot about these artists here in the states. So even people our age, you know, I'm rediscovering a lot of bands from the '60s and '70s. Mm. You know that I I haven't really. Uh, uh, been that uh, you know I was into, but not really knew a lot about you know in, in my record collecting days. You know, uh, so it it is, and the that the internet is great for that. It makes it easy where I could go if I want to hear some you know uh, old status quo albums that I hadn't had. You know, boom, uh, just just look at look it up in the internet or, or other bands that were even uh, uh, you know harder to get uh, bands uh, you know from. Uh, uh, you know, different parts of Europe or whatever that had, you know, rare imports. So, uh, you know, that is good for, especially for young, there are a lot of great, uh, you know, things about it where the younger generation that are really into the stuff that we grew up on are discovering underground bands. I mean, a lot of kids half my age are turning me on to metal bands that they've discovered on youtube or wherever they're discovering i mean bands from the early 70s these you know the stoner bands have become a, a big thing and they're you know sending me links of stoner bands from the, the late 60s early 70s that i never heard of yeah you know yeah. underground bands so there's you know there's that side of it too yeah i mean there are definitely some of the algorithms you get through like spotify pandora because yeah I'll, I'll get a text from my girlfriend to be like hey this this band showed up on my Spotify playlist or you know or Pandora. You got any of them? It's like yeah, like everything. Like right. oh my god, really? And uh, but yeah, she's discovered even just a lot of like she's been like, recently getting into some like some of the power metal and some of the new wave of British heavy metal bands and, oh, and awesome. uh, it's just yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Some of the algorithms actually work out right for discovering. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know that's another thing. I mean, not to get off off the topic, but when it comes to pandora and and other stuff it's like you're relying on what these computer people are saying is you know you, you pop up i remember uh, when i first discovered uh, pandora uh, it was funny i was living in chico which was a college town this was probably like 2006 2007 when pandora first came around mm -hmm. and they were smart they were going through to all the colleges giving little lectures about it and i had no idea what it was but a friend of mine who was a a costume goes, oh, yeah, this Pandora, the guy from Pandora is coming out doing a speech. And it was the, the two owners, I guess. And they did like a little lecture. And it was just fun, funny hearing them talk because these guys were computer nerds <laughs> that really knew nothing about music. And they're talking about how they these are the people influencing the young kids. And I, I, I you know, asked them, I said, you know, what, what if. If you have an artist, I mean, is it, does the artist have say and what they like? Say you go to Judas Priest Radio and you start, you're listening to Judas Priest Radio, and then they're playing, I don't know, the Bee Gees or something, just because they're British or whatever. You know, doesn't the band have a, you know, say? Oh no, well we know what's right because I remember going to like Armored Saint Radio at the time. I think now they got it more dialed in, but. They were just playing like L.A. bands. They were playing like Faster Pussycat and others. I'm like, this, this doesn't sound like Armored Saint. They just probably said, oh, Armored Saint, oh, they're from L.A. Let's just put a bunch of, uh, you know, stuff like that. And, and there were bands that wouldn't associate with the bands. And normally, you know, fans like you and me would say, yeah. you know, you're listening to Judas Priest Radio and then they're playing uh, Limp Bizkit, you know, it, 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 you know, so. And, and, you know, he kind of caught an attitude like, oh, well, well, we research, we know our music and we know what our fans like. And we know and I'm thinking, what a cocky asshole. And I'm kind of thinking <laughs> way back then, these are the guys that are going to influence the younger kids. It's not up to the artists. I mean, if I was in, if, if, if I was in a band and, and somebody that I don't know, some, uh, you know, tech guy is telling uh, my, all my fans of what, my band sounds like are bands that sound like my band, you know, I would want to be a part of it, you know, and that's why I think, you know, now like Dave Mustaine and other people have their own radio shows through, uh, what is it through, uh, uh, uh live, uh, I, I don't know what the, the, what's it called? The, whatever iHeartRadio or whatever yeah, yeah. where they could control, at least have control, but just to the fact that you're getting, uh, you know, uh, computer people 
making these decisions. On, and I just think that's weird, you know, whether it's accurate or not. It's not really up to them to say, you know, they're, they're going to obviously push their agenda. The bands that are advertising with them or the labels that are advertising with them or the labels that, you know, are you know, whatever, you right. know, they're going to push whatever is going to be to their advantage, not to your advantage if you're the artist. So right. that to me doesn't make sense. I think it's just all, you know, a bunch of crap. But, you know, <laughs> And again, now I sound like probably the old idiot saying, oh, you know, back. but it, it really is. It's really not, uh, you know, it's not up to the artist anymore. The artist's freedom is kind of, you know, that's right. Dwindling yeah. and dwindling when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously you got this thing is it's, it's coming out for uh, what? February 12th, right? It drops. So for listening that's this really week, cool. it's out this week. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess that is. Well, and in, in, I guess in two, two weeks, uh, February 12th. Uh, it is out on pre-order. You can pre-order it on amazon.com and it will be coming to cable pay-per-view, uh, I believe on the 12th as well. And coming to all the digital outlets, uh, might be a few days after the release date when it hits digital, like Amazon prime, Google play, all that stuff. And, uh, it'll be out on Cleopatra entertainment worldwide, so you should be able to find it everywhere. Just uh, Google it, Band vs. Print. Nice. And and for those of us that actually still invest in physical media, obviously being on a DVD, do you have, um, is there, like we did with Inside Metal, do you have some like little bonus segments, some other goodies that are on there besides the film? No, you know, well, not really. We have uh, we have trailers uh, on, on Cleopatra, some of the... Uh, cool trailers including mm-hmm. the trailers uh, on Bamber's brand but we were going to do the whole deleted scenes thing but um I, we just didn't really have have it together you know oh, to okay. enough good stuff to make a package with deleted scenes and bonus material um you know we didn't have the footage of of any of the screenings we usually like to put the promo from the screening so the screenings obviously came after the DVD was put together so uh unfortunately there's not a lot of bonus material but hey you get it on dvd i know there's still a lot of old school people out there that like the physical product including me i love to collect it you know cds and dvds still so uh it is you could pre-order it on amazon.com uh on dvd Uh, mvd is the distributors who uh distribute most the uh the hard rock and metal titles out there they distributed the uh uh inside metal titles as well they're great Great people. Clint, uh, Clint Wheeler is doing the uh, publicity at MVD and doing a great job, uh, along with Tim Yasui from, uh, uh, of course, Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. So I'm really happy with, with, with the uh, situation with Cleopatra. Great people. And uh, I'm really hoping uh, this movie does well. Yeah, me me too, and I'll be you know I'll be adding it right into my whole you know I've got all my inside LA metal ones all lined up, so it's you know just add this one right next to it as well, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And the reason I was even asking about the bonus stuff was that during the credits, I really liked some of the almost like the teaser interviews when you were talking to Jeff Tate about the wine and talking to Jeff Ellison about the beer and all of that. And I was like, oh yeah, there's all that kind of stuff going on. So it's kind of where I was wondering if you were sliding any of that in there. Yeah, no, that was all the reality check TV interviews. Mm. Uh, that I believe that was Ace Ace Annecy that was uh, interviewing Jeff Tate and uh, uh, David Ellison, and I, I thought um, uh, he didn't even know I included that stuff. I thought, <laughs> well, you know, when we're doing the uh, credits, I always like to, uh, you know, Curtis who uh, did the uh, uh, edited the inside metal stuff. He always used a lot of the bonus footage and cool stuff, you know, while the credits roll. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. so it's not just a blank canvas with the credits rolling. It's got some cool kind of funny, cool footage. And, and I thought, wow, you, you know, uh, Danny showed me all the stuff that uh, uh, reality check had done with Jeff Tate and uh, all these other people. I said, I'll also include that as well. And we also use, use a couple audio commercials and stuff with uh, like Dave Massett staying at his beer, the Iron Maiden beer and, uh, Sammy Hager with his tequila because you know it's it's all about the branding. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, it definitely brought it around to uh, full circle. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we were able to actually make the schedules work and finally get on the horn with each other again. I and mean, it's been ages since I've talked to you, and it's always it's always great to talk to you. But uh, definitely uh, great to also help you out with getting the word out about band versus brand and uh, try to get as much people behind it as we possibly can. So I tell you, I. I 
you know, I've always appreciated all the time in the past listening to the podcast you did, the stuff you did with Tobey and, and the movies and stuff. And it's, uh, it's always been an honor to call you a friend. And it's great to have you back on the line and talking about a brand new movie from uh, Bob Nelbandian. Absolutely, Scott. It's a pleasure. I love what you guys do. Uh, I always listen to uh, the Focus on Metal podcast. You and Richie do fantastic interviews. You know, it's 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 like uh, every time I'm thinking of doing getting back to podcasts, it's like, what's the point? These guys got it. They're doing it. They're doing it better than I can do. So, you know, it's 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 great that you're keeping it going and uh, keeping the uh, classic hard rock and metal. Uh, alive and, and 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 doing it right and that's that's the important thing man yeah we're, we're trying we got lots of good stuff coming up and and you know you like some of the you know the insider guys you know the producers engineers and we've got that we got some road crew guys coming up this year as well it's been uh, it's, ah, it's already shaping yes. up to be a great year and again a lot of it gets inspired by and not just blowing smoke up your ass but listening to your show all those years as well and and it just kind of comes full circle well, thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. I'm glad. Uh, it's funny. As I told people, it's like, you know, I, I didn't realize how how uh, uh, popular and influential the uh, Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast was until I stopped doing it. <laughs> and then everyone was telling me, oh, man, I learned that. You know, and then it's like, oh, shit, maybe I should have continued a little longer. But uh, <laughs> it's interesting. I appreciate uh, all your support uh, always, Scott. Hey, and, no problem, uh, man. Definitely keep in touch. I will. I will. You too. Okay, my friend. All right, Bob. Great talking yeah. to you. Bye-bye. Bye. So again, big thanks to Bob Nelbannon coming on the show this week. And uh, as uh, as Bob and I was saying, it's, it was pretty much last minute, just uh, just flying by the seat of our pants, trying to uh, make sure we get the word out about band versus brand. So uh, do yourself a favor. Either look for it on you know streaming services or go out to, uh, to Amazon or anywhere else you normally get your DVDs and get yourself your own copy of Band versus Brand. And even though there's not any uh, last-minute goody kind of things on there, little extras and things as Bob and I were discussing, definitely watch through the credits because there's some great footage that uh, the Reality Check TV did about other things with bands and their branding and all that with the coffee and the beer and stuff. So there's some great little interviews there. So make sure you watch this puppy all the way through the credits. And also, I'll say it once again, if you haven't got yourself copies of Inside Ellie Metal, you got to do that. You know, it's three different titles. It's spread over six different DVDs because that's how much great rock and metal is in there. You get the uh, the first one where you kind of have all the origins of L.A. metal, the rock scene, all that good stuff. Stuff you probably never realized was happening. And then you've got the whole hair metal stuff that's going through there. That's in volume two. And then the third one is all about the L.A. thrash metal scene. So three great missed titles. And as I said, got to go out, get all three of them. It's six, uh, six DVDs total, well worth the money. Or you can also catch it on a lot of the streaming services as well. So anyways, that will do it for this week. And next week, I think what we're going to do, um, still kind of floating a little bit. We got lots of audio to give to you guys. But I'm thinking that next week that we're going to uh, cover some, uh, some stuff that uh, Andrew Freeman's been doing these days. So Richie was able to hook up with Andrew once again, and they talked all about uh, Devil's Hand, which has got uh, Andrew on there, as well as what's going on with Last in Line 2. So kind of a doubleheader subject with Andrew Freeman. And if that wasn't enough good stuff for you, and nope, it's not enough. we got to cover more. Then uh, if the Skype gods smile on me, I'll also be... Uh, on the line with uh, Glenn Drover. And Glenn has a new album that's due to drop next week as well from his band, Walls of Blood. The album's called Imperium. Amazing album. Good stuff. There's thrash. There's power metal. There's even something that you could definitely say is certified grunge on there. Really good stuff from uh, Glenn Drover and Walls of Blood. And, and even guest vocalist on there, Todd Latore's on there. Chuck Billy is on there. Oh, just all kinds of good stuff on that album. So I'm really excited to get on the line with Glenn and talk all about Imperium from Walls of Blood. But anyways, as I said, that will do it for this week. That's right. Stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. 
So uh, if you want to, you can always keep up with us at focusonmetal.net, focusonmetal.blogspot.com. We put all the good show notes and all that crap. You can talk with Richie over on Facebook, and you could always hit me up over on Twitter. But uh, again, that's it for this week. There ain't no more. It's uh, definitely great to be back. 2019 is shaping up to be a killer year here on Focus on Metal. As I said, tons of audio yet to let you guys hear and um, more of it just keep building we're kind of doing this week to week shuffle as we're getting hey could you mind running this or can you do this so a lot of demands on us we're going to try to bring it all to you in some kind of a a timely fashion but uh, again for this week that's it there ain't no more stick a fork in it this puppy is done so for richie myself and everybody else here at focus on metal have yourselves a great metal week and until we talk to you again next week Remember, focus on metal. Everything else is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.